This is the Yay, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater, headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And we have a wonderful guest uh, this uh, Sunday. Usually we do this Saturday, but we do it on s- Sunday today. Uh, Tanika Baptiste. How are you, Tanika? I'm doing great. How are, y- how are y'all doing? We're doing wonderful, and thank you so much for uh, making time for us. You've been busy. You're, uh, you're. I think you're directing, you're acting. You are the artistic director and founder of Speculation Theater. Is that correct? Yes. All I right. started it last year. Ooh, that is so awesome. Where is that? Where is that? Right now, we're just doing cultural consulting and dramaturgy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm nice. taking my time figuring it out. That's a smart thing. <laughs> yeah. And you're directing the piano lesson uh, at the Gallo Center for the Arts. And yes. we'll talk a lot about that. that that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, Norman, as I begin uh, all of our podcasts, how was your week? Whenever we managed to get together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My week was fascinating. I'm, I'm, I've got, um, I'm kind of bookending James Baldwin. Um, I got a last-minute call mm-hmm. about um, stepping in for a performer who couldn't show up for the Analog Theater uh, does this thing they call Mask Monday, and um, it's basically a variety show. Mm. <laughs> um, so they had four guests, and then there's a trio of folks who do this mask work as the MCs. Fascinating. So I did a little piece of Baldwin, um, which was inspired by the headlines. Um, you know, we've been talking about these five cops, mm-hmm. right? No, oh, yeah. six. Tire Nichols, Tire Nichols, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I knew the day that the news came out that there was a sixth cop and that they had, um, you know, what do they do? They they just put him time off or something. They yeah, just they just have to be the only white cop that they, yeah. For two wow. days, for yeah. two days, they didn't say that he was white. And I'm like, and I finally saw a picture yeah. and I went, dude. No wonder y'all ain't saying this. And right. as soon as it came out, they were like, oh, yeah, no, six. We're, we're firing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely crazy. I have tons of things to talk about. But, but um, so in uh, Notes of a Native Son, which is the first collection of uh, Baldwin, Baldwin essays, yeah. uh, James Baldwin's essays, um, one of them is about going to Atlanta, and he talks about the five black cops that are on the Atlanta police force, mm. who at that time were not allowed to arrest white people, but went mm. out of their way to find black people to arrest. Mm. Wow. So it was a perfect, it just, it's, 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 yeah, it was timely. Yeah. It's amazing how James Baldwin can see these things, these right. issues that we're talking about right now. Well, he and, said, you have to be more afraid of the black cop than the white. He said, if you need a white cop, and we normally don't, if you need a policeman, and we normally don't, please find a white one, because the black cop has got something to prove, and you are the perfect example. Yeah, and he wrote notes to a native son before he went to Paris. Is that right? No, that's after. That's no, a- it is after. So that, yeah. where you end um, uh, forming in Paris, yeah. when he comes back and does all that civil rights work, that's yeah. when he starts writing these essays. Ah, I see. So this see. was about his brother and he talking about going so to Atlanta. So this is the mid-60s. Yeah. Yeah. Like 63, maybe. Yeah. 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 Tanika, I'd love to hear your comment. I mean, just, uh, I guess we can delve into current events. Yeah. I mean, the tire nickels. I mean, it's funny, doing this, we were talking off mic, uh, I'm stage managing Three Girls Theater. They're doing right. a piece on Natasha McKenna, who was killed mm-hmm. by um, 
white cops, uh, sheriffs in 2015. Right. We don't often talk about black women and how they're right. affected. Right, we don't. And sometimes yeah. how they're victims. But um, I don't know. How did the Tyre Nichols thing hit you? You know, I've, most of the theater work that I do is about black people. Yeah. And, you know, as many communities as I can touch as possible. So this specific uh, situation, it's I, – I can't even – I can't even read about it. I can't even look yeah. at it. Yeah. It's so it's devastating. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and to see because they definitely showed all those black officers' pictures, oh, right? Yeah. You know, they roll them out mm-hmm. and like you know the justice that was like swiftly mm-hmm. served against them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we've been asking for our community. Like mm-hmm. this is this has been happening. These things are happening. George Floyd. We all watch that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. it's just it's very tough. I have two black brothers, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I'm I'm constantly thinking about like what they're going through as black men my right. one of my brothers is a father and you know i just i try to hold space for my own stuff but like to think about you all it's it's a lot yeah it's a lot yeah. um and you feel powerless you know so i i just i just couldn't really I couldn't even. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who are like, I really can't watch it because it's just too emotional. You know, there are news events that happen. There are a bunch of them that I don't watch. I did see this Mm -hmm. one. Yeah, I I sort of half and half saw it and and not saw it. I mean, there were parts where like, okay, I really don't need to see the rest of it. Right. And that's, I very quickly, I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm done. Y'all beginning the beating and this is just the beginning. Oh, no. Yeah. And it starts a conversation of, Black violence on black, mm-hmm. you know, like when uh, and I've I've had, you remember the um, the um, black in the bay thing that I had on George Floyd when mm-hmm. that just mm-hmm. happened, and I brought on a black cop to talk mm-hmm. about what happens right. with field training officers. Oh, right, I remember this. Yes. How they indoctrinate them to say, okay, everything you learned in the academy, hey, this is the real world. Mm-hmm. It's us versus them, and mm-hmm. that's how these bad habits happen. Mm-hmm. And especially when you have a black cop wanting to prove themselves, just like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, let me prove to these guys, yes, I'm black, but don't worry about it. I'm still blue, and I, was, mm-hmm. I can still kick a black guy's ass if I need to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about me. This appeasement, this mm-hmm. assimilation, and it's ugly. It's it's really really ugly, mm-hmm. um, especially when all cops you read to respect everybody. If you got to detain somebody, that's fine, but you right. don't need to. I mean, Tyre Nichols, he didn't even he wasn't armed. He was walking away from them. Right. I don't know what words were said, but you know this wasn't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, th- there's a lot of a lot of things to talk about w- with that. Mm-hmm. So there have been some other um, um, current events going on. On a lighter note. <laughs> <laughs> Egg shortages. This really shocked me. I mean, I was reading, apparently in Hawaii, they're paying $9, almost $10 for a dozen eggs. Can you believe that? That's insane. (laughs) I I believe it, but yeah, I can't make sense of it, no. Yeah, it's, I mean, I can't remember. It's been a while since I bought, you know, a thing of eggs uh, just because I I hardly fix breakfast anymore unless, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. but... I guess there's some sort of a disease that happened within uh, the chickens. There was chickens. a small outbreak, yeah, mm-hmm. and the whole industry just went, oh, bing, right, and added a dollar or more to their stuff. Just yeah, bang. I mean, we're like so prone to like 
mania as a people. Mm-hmm. Like one little rumor, it's like you know the game telephone, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. it starts there, and it, and it's also an opportunity <coughs> for the market to just overcharge us. Sure, you know, so. for yourselves, <laughs> for yourselves. But I I order bre- <laughs> breakfast from DoorDash, and I always get eggs. So yeah, know. yeah. There you go. I've tried to cut back on DoorDash. It's like okay, I'm paying thirty dollars <laughs> for a burger, huh? It's hard. <laughs> I know. I just no. like the fact that somebody is cooking for me. Like I feel special. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Because you know, there's the six dollar fee for the driver. Right. The, you know, Georgia has their cut, and then I don't know. There's a surge thing if you order at a particular time, like right. in the Super Bowl. I'm sure they're gonna charge an arm and a leg. So that's mm. next week. Oh, yes, yeah, next week. <laughs> oh no. Also, I think we're all of the same age. This is the 30th anniversary of Schoolhouse Rock. Just 30? Huh. Yeah. No, that can't be right. Really? 30? No, it's gotta oh, wow. be 40. Shoot. I was reading on the Washington Post that it was uh, here. I can find out right now. Mm. No, it's. I was born in '85. (laughs) It's got to be 50 years. That can't be right. Here, let's let's check out the anniversary. But I mean, I have have so wonderful memories of. Oh yeah, no, that was a musical out of nowhere. Yeah, I yeah, I think so. Just a commercial. It It started out as a a thing on Saturday morning between cartoons. 1973. Right. So you're absolutely right. So, so, wow. 73, 8, 9, 0, <laughs> 50. Mm, 50, 50, 50th anniversary. Okay. So I wrote it down wrong. But yeah, 50 anniversaries. Wow. I mean, Bob Doron Company, I, mean, I was reading a little bit about this. So they were basically just hippies. And of course, the 60s had gone. Mm-hmm. And right. these were young budding writers. And I guess they couldn't, you know, cut a deal and mm-hmm. with a record industry. And so they sort of worked with the television, children's television workshop to create these educational, promotional sort of commercials right. to educate kids. Yeah. No profit, anything like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, wow. I'm just a bill and conjunction junction. Mm-hmm. I learned right. so there much. There so many. Yeah. Yeah, I have wonderful memories of Schoolhouse Rock. So, yeah, so that's cool. So the 50th anniversary Yay, of Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> also, have you heard about Bear Selfies? <clears throat> Bear selfies. No. So there's a bear, apparently in Colorado, in a rural area. Mm-hmm. Some archaeologists, or I forget what they're called, scientists have set up cameras <laughs> oh to take to take pictures if someone goes in front of the camera mm-hmm. and there's a little flash. Right. And there's a bear who was a little curious and just kept on going in front of the camera. <laughs> uh-huh. And there are like a thousand selfies or so. I, I saw this on the Colbert Report. Colbert has these, you know, funny okay, things. Okay, did we get any so, dick pics? Come on. Oh, no. No, no, no. See, bears are far more super uh, civilized than we are. <laughs> right. Thank you. Now, if he has a uh, uh, OnlyFans thing, then, you know, that'll be right. for the, for the furries. <laughs> They're my cousin. So my, my Trinidadian side of the family, they, yeah. they all live in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. And my cousin... There are bears in her like her backyard, like oh, it's really? like all foresty. Wow! And they come rummage through the trash. Yeah. Right. So she put like she got like a pool back there, but she put like these speakers for like if you apparently if you play loud music, oh, that's they won't come. Away. But I'm like, if a bear is hungry, yeah, right. like they don't care. Um, yeah, oh, they're yeah. not gonna care. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get out of there. Oh goodness. <laughs> Now, okay, so getting back to, so you know who Jason Whitlock is. This gets back nope. to the <laughs> Tyre Nichols thing. But in any case, Jason Whitlock started out as on ESPN as a black analyst. Mm-hmm. He's never played a game of football, basketball, mm-hmm. or whatever, wow. but apparently he's funny and he has personality. Mm-hmm. He has become right wing. Right. Oh, Lord. And he had the audacity to blame because the Memphis Police Department is run by a black woman. Oh, right. Oh. That guy. Okay, yes. Yes. Yeah. Now you know who Jason Whitlock is. Mm. He had the audacity 
to blame mm-hmm. the black woman, um, R- the captain, the yeah. captain, for Chief the of actions police, yeah. of the cops. Basically, mm-hmm. saying wow. not, not, and to make a. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to paraphrase it. I'm going to. Right. Is he the one that said just quoted, single, yeah. single black mothers? Is that the same That's, guy? Yes, yes. Something wow. like that. So here's mm-hmm. what he has to say. Uh, there is a racial element, and this is a story about a young black, black, young black men and their inability to treat, treat each other in a humane way. Mm. Okay. Everybody involved in this on the street level was either 24 or 32 years old. Everybody. It was a group of young black men, five on one, looked like gang violence to me. It looked like what young black men do when they're supervised by a single black woman. Mm. Yep. Interesting. So a black woman can't control their kids. It's almost like proverbial kids. <sighs> right. And so therefore, it's her fault. fault when they get killed. Right. And yeah. her fault. <laughs> Can we talk about how brutal our culture is? I mean, even mm-hmm. football is like people are ending up with a CTE injury right. and like dying on the field and like just mm-hmm. we have we live in a very brutal society. Right. So how is that? A single black woman's fault. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, y'all are so tough. <coughs> right. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, damned if you, damned if you don't. Yeah. You know, if the black woman isn't tough enough, then the kids are running around doing crazy things, yeah. and you'll blame the black woman for yeah. it. These are your kids, or you're too tough. Hey, you can't hit that black child. What's wrong right. with you? But listen, my dad always says the devil pays well, and mm. you know so. And the devil, you know, the, Fox wants to pay millions of dollars to black, you know, analysts mm-hmm. criticizing black men and black women. Mm-hmm. There's a paycheck for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that's what how Jace Whitlock, because he said this on the um, Tucker Carlson show. And of mm-hmm. course, Tucker Carlson is a. Just ran with it. Yeah. Just, yeah, totally ran with it. And also Candace Owens. I mean, so it's. Oh, Lord. You know, they say that the white man steps on the black man. The black man, in turn, steps on the black woman. I've heard that many times. Yeah. So. It was that week, yeah. Yeah. And the last thing, unless we want to talk about something else, Pano Fight. Gone. Yeah. They lost their funding, I guess. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard from the grapevine that apparently on March, they were hoping to get some funding so that they can continue renting out their space. Or, you know, being able to rent their space. And... Apparently, they heard bad news and yep. put out a memo mm-hmm. that they're based in San Francisco and in Oakland. I thought they had already given up their San Francisco space. No, they no, 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 no. They apparently got some funding, and that was why they tried to expand. Mm-hmm. But part of the expansion were promises that they were going to really bring in people of color and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That was just impossible to do. Um, you can find the artist if you're willing to look. You can mm. find the artist, so that's not really the issue. I think the issue is the audiences just aren't coming back yet. There mm-hmm. are, you know, Shotgun's got a show that's been extended till the end mm-hmm. of end of the month. Yeah, but um, lots of other shows are just kind of creeping to their, you know, their initial uh, close date, mm-hmm. barely making it or canceling early. So I think the audiences aren't there. Yeah, we've talked about this a, a while. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm kind of new to the Bay. I've, yeah, so. You know, when I hear about all these places closing down, mm-hmm. you know, it sucks to have any artistic venue, from, yeah. you know, closed down. Right. But how you just kind of said, you know, they they had made promises about bringing in, you know, black and pe- people of color. And, you know, if you're not doing that, if you're not with the times, yeah. you're, you know, and I was saying this a lot at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. you need to evolve or you will perish. And well, that's, that's- we're, we're seeing a lot of that. Unfortunately. Well, because the other story I heard this week was that um, <clears throat> that 
other places, as folks are starting to downsize, there's a whole lot of downsizing that's starting to happen. Mm-hmm. We're in such a weird time, like inflation, but not a recession, low unemployment. Mm. You know, we're just mm-hmm. in this place where it doesn't make sense, you know, yeah. from an economic perspective. Um, but they're saying that a lot of places, as they're downsizing, are going, well, the first thing that goes, not a surprise, is the DEI. Mm-hmm. Oh, that right. diversity thing we said we were committed to and we weren't okay. going to go forward. Ooh, we can't do that right now. Right. And so those people are the first ones gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's surprising is you mentioned... Um, Shotgun. I mean, we're rehearsing mm-hmm. three girls theaters rehearsing at Shotgun. Right. I had no idea they had a facility at twelve oh one University Avenue. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. obviously they're doing something real good. Not yeah. only are they continuing mm-hmm. to yeah. run shows, they can even write rent other venues and have advertisements on Bart and all that yeah. stuff. Right. Yep. I wonder how some c- companies do it and some companies can't. Well, they got to read read the room. Yeah. They, they got to know what's going on. They got to pay attention. But the other thing is cuz and I said this when we first went through the lockdown mm-hmm. that right now at that moment there was lots of money mm-hmm. and everybody was giving you money. Right. But I said but that's not going to last. You right. watch it's going to take about 2 or 3 years and here yeah. we are where that money is suddenly drying Ooh, up. Is it go drying ahead, up because ahead. we're doing, you know, multicultural stories? Because a lot of times, uh, uh-huh. can we talk about, you know, as much as a theater company may want to, you know, bring mm-hmm. everybody in and have everybody have a seat at the table, a lot of these volunteers are not the most welcoming. Yeah. Uh, they, they are oh, actually, the, like, yeah. very, like, a- adversarial and, you know, they don't they don't welcome you. They don't greet you. Yeah. You know, you look like you mm-hmm. don't, be- they treat you like you don't belong there. Right. And you got this free labor <laughs> mm-hmm. who are making people of color feel uncomfortable in these spaces yep. you ha- you need to really talk to your audiences you, n- you have to talk to your volunteers it has to be all hands on deck yeah you know and I-, I think that is not happening in the conversation so yeah people are not signing checks because they don't like the stories being told well we the people of color who do have the money you know we need to step up and we need to invest and you know if we're if we, we if we don't want their money if they don't want to give us money then okay. yeah it it does require Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. I'll I'll tell you the best theater companies that I've worked with are usually people of color. Or I'm not even saying that you know white people can't produce you know Mm -hmm. shows that Mm -hmm. are racially diverse or whatever. But you really have to be really woke. And Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times you either talk to someone who may be nervous because oh I'm speaking with a black person (laughs) for the first time. Right. But they'll be they'll allow themselves to say okay let me sit back and listen and you know and bring Mm -hmm. in the story and bring in these people and learn. Yeah. Many times they want still want to control what's going on. I remember uh, having yeah. And, and the Black of the Bay, there was a woman, uh, Precious Stroud, who I interviewed, and she talked about being interviewed by this white woman who wanted to collaborate with her, mm-hmm. but the white woman could dominate the conversation mm-hmm. because she wanted to be, hey, you know, I'll bring in right. the talent, I'll bring in the director, but I'm still mm-hmm. the owner, I'm still the producer. Right. I still have to be the nucleus right. where everything revolves around. There's a convenient... Um Amnesia mm-hmm. that is happening, and I, I knew it was going to happen when you were locked up in your home and you had nothing to do, and f- folks got in your face mm-hmm. digitally, you know, yeah. virtually, yeah. and said, "Hey, it's time to make things better." You were all ready to agree. Mm-hmm. Now that you're back in the theater, you're like, "Wow, this is hard right now. We can't do that other stuff." I'm like. No, you make the commitment, you'll right. get it done. Your yeah. funders will follow you. 
Right. If you make the commitment. Yeah. Or even if you challenge the even even we've talked about how there may be community people who are like, hey, I'm used to my type of theater. Mm -hmm. You're bringing in this diverse stuff. Whether it be gay, lesbian, LGBTQ stuff or mm-hmm. black stuff or Jewish stuff or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know how comfortable I feel about it. You either say, hey, I don't care. I'm going to challenge you. Come on in anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. You may enjoy it. Or you can appease them and <clears throat> say, well, we'll still do Annie Get Your Gun, but we'll make the person black. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll sprinkle a little mm-hmm. <laughs> minority stuff onto oh. an already, you know, oh, traditional white show. <laughs> Not me playing Mama Rose <laughs> last year. <laughs> oh God! But look, you know, and, and that's so funny. Like a lot of folks will be like, you know, you need to see your because before. I did say at one point I didn't. I never saw myself playing that role, mm-hmm. and it's not because I didn't think I could do it. It's just I'm not really pressed to be in these non-traditional roles. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. I I am a black director and actor mm-hmm. who likes doing black theater. Yeah, I love telling our stories oh, and yeah. being in control of how we tell these stories. Right. So I don't need to play all these like you know traditional white woman roles to prove that i'm an artist because i started off in music mm-hmm. you know i so my my approach to theater a lot of shows i don't even know till i b- get booked mm-hmm. yeah and i love that because mm-hmm. i don't have any preconceived notion about how it's supposed to be and i'm really i get to i feel like i'm a true artist in that way mm-hmm. um but yeah uh what were we saying? Already <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're talking about yeah. uh, just how tokenizing. Yeah, tokenizing <laughs> and the difficulty for some theater companies of really bringing in diverse stories mm-hmm. uh, in a diverse way without alienating either mm-hmm. the audience or alienating, you know, the actual people you're hiring. Well, I know yeah. that was being argued about before <clears throat> the mm-hmm. lockdown. Um, so it's not a surprise that we're back yeah. in that mm-hmm. same debate. Yeah. In terms of spaces going away and not going away, I got to put a shout out for uh, Analog Theater. They're the ones that do this Mask Monday thing. They do it at the uh, Standard Deviant Brew Pub, mm. which is in the Mission. And um, and they really are just sort of inviting folks to bring their stuff in. So uh, the three, there were four guests. I was one. The other three were basically drag acts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, okay, this is interesting. And what I loved particularly um, is one performer was a very large woman, I I will say, presenting woman, um, because very large. So I was sitting there kind of going, I am a little confused about what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Came out with this big, obviously put on mustache and Mm. cowboy outfit and and then did this whole story of transforming into wonder woman very cool and i thought you know let's take all of the trans politics and all the gender gender fluid Mm -hmm. politics of the moment out of this equation if it's nothing more than a very large woman Mm. wanting to tell her truth um that's still something that we're not used to seeing. Yeah. Right. And to me, that's where I get excited when I sit down in a theater and I find myself in that moment of, I'm not sure what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Then it really comes back to what is the performance? What is the story they're telling? Are they engaging me? Are they, you know, is everything, you know, put together well so Mm -hmm. that I just can fall into this world so that I can go into that disbelief, that suspension of disbelief without having all of the rest of it. It's like going to a modern art museum and going, oh, I have to read the little tag before I can understand what I'm looking at. Uh As opposed to I walk in the room and go, I don't know what the hell that is, but 
I had a feeling immediately, mm-hmm. and I think that's what the creator, that artist, wants to do. Yeah. If we can get audiences to remember that, because what, what I love about this is it reminded me, I moved to the Bay Area in the mid-80s. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there were comedy clubs all over San Francisco and all over the Bay. Um, and there were people like, I saw Dana Carvey in a little corner bar mm-hmm. that had comedy going. Wow. Um, you know, not much farther yeah. away than this from mm-hmm. the stage. I mean, you know, this is before just, or after his Saturday Night Live thing? This is before. It was uh, wow. maybe a couple years before. Yeah. Uh, maybe three or four wow. years before. Mm-hmm. But um wasn't too long before. So that when suddenly he was on Saturday TV, I was yeah. like, oh, Oh my! I felt that close to what was going on. At the yeah. same time, there was a huge solo performance energy that was... In fact, that's when the exit went from the little storefront that they had been at to that space that they took over and ran yeah, for so long. Yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of that energy out there. And the scene, the people who were either participating in it or coming out to see it, I felt that same energy from this these folks. And I was like, oh my God, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, these are going to be the folks that are running the spaces. These are going to be, some of these people are going to be the people who we're seeing on Broadway or seeing on big screen or mm-hmm. some screen somewhere. Yeah. yeah, And we'll be going, oh, uh, I remember seeing them in this little place where they yeah. were, you know, costume, there was a costume uh, malfunction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a friend jumped up and ran up on stage. There was a zipper to get uh-huh, into the Wonder yeah, Woman yeah. thing. Oh. And ran up there and got back there and tried to pull it together and tried to get <laughs> yeah. the zipper to work. Yeah. And then finally had to give up and leave. And meanwhile, a performer just kept going, kept performing. Yeah. Couldn't wow. tell how much of this was planned, how much it wasn't. Yeah. It was It was so exciting. And I'm like... And the very this gives me hope. We are going to see that mm-hmm. energy continue to rise. Yeah. And that means there will be space for us to tell our stories. Right. Yeah, because they need, you know, Dana Carvey and all the others needed mm-hmm. our little space, our little black boxes right. to propel ourselves, to work out our little kinks if oh, you're yeah. a comedian and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I hate to see it when, you know, like the exit dries up and yeah. other places go away because where else can you work out? You know well, the little things, or last see, <laughs> yeah, analog yeah. theater. They'll, yeah, they'll, exactly. They'll hook you up with that. An origin story to make a Baptiste. How did you begin? Um, where were you born and raised, and how how did the theater bug bite you? Uh, so I am originally from San Diego. Mm-hmm. My parents, my dad was from Trinidad. Uh, his mom, my grandma was from Grenada, and uh, when he, my grandmother came first. She had she was married. Mm-hmm. She had four kids, and my dad's her youngest. And she came and she uh, started cleaning. She mm. was cleaning. And so she did that for like two years and she brought my father and my aunt. And so when my dad got to Connecticut, he was like, hell no. And he saw a Navy commercial and he just joined the Navy. Mm. Oh. Uh, and my mother, she's from New Orleans and um, her grandmother raised her. So my great grandmother raised her. Mm-hmm. And um, my great grandmother, she had actually come to the Bay first. And then she went to San Diego, and she just preferred San Diego. And so that's how they kind of ended up there. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad snuck into the club. Oh. <laughs> He's two years younger than my mom, and that's how they met. I'm their, old, their, their, I'm their first child. I'm the yeah. oldest. Nice. Um, when I was in elementary, I had this teacher, Mrs. O, and she would take us to San Diego uh, Children's Theater. So uh, she was my first and my third grade teacher, and she would take us there. And I mm-hmm. just was like, I saw all these little white kids. I was like, I could do that because I was singing <laughs> my mother's song. My her yeah. dad was signed to RCA as like a gospel recording artist. Like music has always been in our family, and uh, I just love the theater. I was, 
I don't know. And I always performed. I always signed up for the talent shows. Um, I tr- I tried to write a play when I was in fourth grade, and my mom was she bought a word processor. Oh, and, nice. But I also there's a thing about being a black child, especially just being a black little girl. You 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 feel like you have to prove that you're smart. Yeah. So I got more prone to the sciences. I actually uh, I wanted to be what did I want to do? I wanted to be an OBGYN. By the time I got to college, I majored in genetics, and I I did a, a internship at UC Davis Medical in, in the OBGYN clinic. And I was just like, I'm not really into this. I'm I, I'm trying to prove that I'm smart. That mm-hmm. that was that's what I was doing. But I had always been performing. And uh, in college, we did for Color Girls, and I was a junior. Mm-hmm. I was Lady in Green, and the upperclassmen who were doing, uh, kind of directing us, they kind of just left. So I ended up kind of just directing. Mm-hmm. But being the oldest of six kids, you're mm-hmm. just, and, you know, you're and a girl, you're gonna always just, you know. Were you like a surrogate mother? To pretty your, much, yeah. yeah. And I also like, helped my mom take care of my great grandmother. She uh-huh. had Alzheimer's okay. and she wow. had a stroke. Whoa. You had to grow up early. Yeah, like I would iron all our school clothes. I would. Right, bathe and dress my great grandmother. Um, I was very responsible as a child. Yeah. yeah. So you know, my dad he made me join um, JROTC. So I did that for my first two years of high school. Mm-hmm. I was cheer captain. You know, I just had a lot of <laughs> responsibility. Um, but I always, you know, I my siblings I treat them like they're my peers. So mm-hmm. yes, I was yeah. a big sister, but like they're like my friends. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, the part of me, I feel like I was kind of, I had a lot of social anxiety. Oh, um, I'm very, very shy, super, super shy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I was in music groups uh, when I lived in Davis, went to UC Davis for school and did a bunch of be- rock and reggae, hip hop, and I wrote songs. I met Brian Alexander Morgan, who wrote um, SWV's first album. Oh, wow, met, I, the voices, yeah. Yeah, I was um, songwriting, and there was two songs that I played, I had like a song, and I, two songs of mine that I played for him. And, you know, I was just trying to figure it out. Just really trying to figure it out. Um, went to L.A. for a bit. Did, performed at the Barbara Morrison Theater. Who's that lady? Um, performed. There's another theater in North Hollywood. I never can remember it. But uh, left there. Went back home to San Diego. Took classes at San Diego City College. All the theater classes I could take. Mm-hmm. Um, worked at the Old Globe for like four years. Worked in their pub. Mm. So I could watch shows. I met Blair Underwood, who was my childhood crush. He nice. was playing Othello. I, <laughs> I talked to him. I, you know, and I auditioned for them a lot. I never, I got, always got called back, but never booked. But I just immersed mm. myself. Yeah. I said, if you're going to do this, you got to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think it's my the immigrant side of me and my mother's work ethic she had like five restaurants when i was growing up mm. that's why oh. my, my work ethic is like yeah insane because i yeah. work in theater full-time yeah mm-hmm. that's so, hustling that's hustling yeah but i you know i do uh, i do have big dreams and i'm at this point where it's like it's too far to turn back <laughs> so i have to just keep going and you know god drops little crumbs and lets me know yeah you're, you're in the right way and i'm just I have a I have faith that it will all work out. Yeah, you know. So that's I have blind faith. I'll call it that. But no, no, I totally hear you. Now, how did you get yourself back into the Bay here? I mean, you, when yeah. did you leave uh, San Diego? To so come back? I, what happened when I moved back home in 2013 after LA? I went and auditioned for The Lion King. 
child i thought i booked that show they were singing with oh. me and i went out and partied and lost all my id so god was like you ain't ready oh, no. <laughs> but um i spent four years down there working at the globe taking the classes i did a lot of theater down in san diego got my equity card the first time down there and then moved back up here because i uh, wanted to get back with my with my ex and uh but i wanted to come to the bay because mm-hmm. i had seen like all you know you're on playbill and broadway world and like oh all these theaters and then I did Rock of Ages, but I auditioned for Dreamgirls. Mm-hmm. And I had been trying to be F, me and a friend, we were trying to be Effie down in La Mirada. We got called back and we no, we didn't book it, but mm-hmm. for the last two years, I was going hard to be Effie. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got, you know, t- got footing in the bay. We broke up with him, moved to Berkeley, and then it was just nonstop from there. But Yeah, yeah I remember because... Um, I forget what theater company did Showgirls. It was a couple of years ago, and Sean J. West got Dream in. Girls? Dream Girls, yeah, Berkeley yeah. Playhouse. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, that's right. So yeah. that, was that the one that you? Mm-hmm. Audition- ah, mm-hmm. I see. You may have seen me, you know, but yeah, I didn't get in either. So ah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but you, so what you, was your first show here? Uh, my uh, my first first show was <laughs> Black Rep. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, hey, the wind. We, we do have to visit Black Rap. <laughs> yes, you know what? I that show actually was very successful. Nate, the soul singer, was uh-huh. Dorothy, uh, and had a lot of uh, local uh, Black Bay Area talent in that show. Nisi Living Single. Uh, she was like Glenda, and you know, it we we. Uh, it was a, it was a humble beginning, but you know I I appreciate that I did that because I I'm, I touched down in our community first, mm-hmm. and we extended like three times. Mm. It always sold out. That was the most money they had ever made on a show. Uh huh. Yeah. So that was cool. Even though our scene transitions were like five minutes, but you know. Right. No, <laughs> Love y'all, but y'all know that was problems, crazy. Yes. <laughs> Talk to us yeah. about Speculation Theater. When, when how did you um, create that, and how's that going? You know. You know, you see all these, especially after post pandemic, we're still in the pandemic, but mm-hmm. you know, now everybody's trying to hire uh, black, you know, anybody to artistic direct or, right. and I, you know, you put yourself out there. To, I apply for directing jobs or I apply to, you know, literary manager jobs or whatever. And people just say no. And I'm like, why am I, tr- why, am- girl, you can just start it. Mm-hmm. Why do yeah. you need anybody to tell you you can do, you can just start it? I produce. The first time I produced, I produced a reading of For Color Girls, and I end up hiring my lady in brown was Reggie Bush's mom, the football player. Wow. So Reggie Bush is the same age as I. His mother was dating Andre Day's dad, and Andre Day is also the same age as I. Mm-hmm. So they both came to our reading. Wow. Reggie gave me $500 in my hand. Uh-huh. It was like, we got to, you know, we got to do this. So that was that that was so that did something to me. Amazing. Yeah. yeah that was just like, oh, like just see if you put yourself out there, you do it for yourself. And I was producing that while I was living in the Bay. Mm-hmm. My friend um and I love her to death. She's an amazing actor and director, Carla Banu de Jesus. She I hired her to direct it. It was a be- it was beautiful. All black girls mm-hmm. local to San Diego. Mm-hmm. They all said yes. You know, that's to get all those black women to say, yes, we will do it. Yeah, yeah. And then for them to come and show up Mm -hmm. and then for him to just give me money like that, I was like, oh, my, this is incredible. And John Tesmer, who is an amazing ally, his uh, La Jolla Theater uh, Ensemble, Mm -hmm. um, he co-produced it with me. It was Tanique Badis Productions and La Jolla Theater Ensemble. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
yeah, that was like a sign. Do it yourself. Yeah. And it was here in the Bay Area? Where, what? It was down in San Diego. Okay, yeah. okay. No, that's fine. I mean, that was the beginning. And mm-hmm. um, now is it speculation, is it just you or do you have other right people now, working with you? It's just me. Okay. Um, because, you know, with the nonprofit model, <laughs> it's funny, Victoria, uh, who's the uh, managing director at Theater yeah. First, her, she, I just uh, directed and dramaturged one of her plays, and it was basically they were outing oh, a, the white woman artistic mm. director mm. because it was a nonprofit, you know, mm. setup yeah. where the board could basically vote you out. And so I was like, I, I, I'm about to start something, and y'all about to kick me out. Hell right. no. Right. So, <laughs> um, you know, and I, I have I have plans to do other things. Speculation, though, this is just me saying, Tanika, you have to believe in yourself you cannot wait for other people to say yes to you you have to say yes to yourself yeah so um yeah that speculation i my goal is to make that theater company the next act the next berkeley rep you know sure yeah i was going to ask you a question norman because when you began oakland public theater Mm -hmm. Of course, when you think about begin, opening a, starting a theater company, you can not only think about the artistic, like, okay, what shows I'm going to do, but also the business part of it, like, how am I going to raise money and how am I going to write the grants? Right. And, you would think so, yes. <laughs> but you, I mean, I mean, you've done very well with that. I mean, I know that Oakland Public Theater is sort of dormant. It has been. Well, but no, I mean, you it did, isn't now. You, We've been doing these readings and we're going to mm-hmm. be doing Yeah. More. So I guess my question for you, for those who want to start their own theater company, mm-hmm. if you're crazy enough to do that, <laughs> what would be your suggestion? how to begin I, I don't have up. one no because uh, so here's my feeling um, like I didn't want to be a theater teacher because I felt like if you are crazy enough to want to do theater nobody's going to stop you it doesn't matter what you do or don't and nobody is going to hire you because you go well here's my PhD in theater and you get up there and you suck nobody's going to hire you right so and you can get up there and say well I I had to drop out of college because I did something else and then you get up there and you're fantastic they don't care nobody cares so number one we don't need you (laughs) there are so many people out there trying to do theater Mm -hmm. we do not need you so if you ask me for my advice Mm -hmm. I would say don't bother (laughs) now if you really want to do it mm-hmm. and you can't stop yourself from doing it, that's the best reason to be doing it. So then it becomes a question of where are you going to find your niche? Where are you going to find that place? Because I can tell you all the reasons why I think it shouldn't be this way, that way, the other way. The reason Oakland Public Theater started, to be totally honest, is because I was pissed at another <laughs> theater company that I was trying to work with. And... I felt like we weren't getting things done. And when we were, I was fighting to get anything done. And when we did do the things I was fighting for, they were successful. Mm-hmm. And yet, that still somehow wasn't proof that we should keep going in that direction. And so, an opportunity came up for a space, and I went, bang, I'm starting a theater company. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there are all kinds of good reasons to start it. And let it take you as far as it's going to take you, because... You know the worst problem you're going to have? The worst problem you're going to have is somebody is paying you so much money mm-hmm. to do their stuff mm-hmm. that you have to put your little your little company on the side. And yeah. if that's the worst problem you have, then that is not that is not failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is success in a direction that you weren't looking in. Right. So, yeah. You know, and on the other hand, I, 
the reason Shotgun has that beautiful space they had mm-hmm. is because a guy got a bunch of money. I think it was off a settlement or family, something. He got uh, a bunch of money. See. And yeah. he went, bought the church. That yeah. was a church. Bought that church, renovated it to make it a theater. Yeah. Ran a season, which actually got a lot of support. A lot of attendance and yeah. a lot of support. Mm-hmm. The um, the reviewers and theater critics and folks were supporting this new space. Right. Um we were coming out because we were curious to see what he was doing. And then it got good to him. And the second time, he was kind of like, he ain't going to listen to nobody else. He's going to do it the way he wants. And people were trying to say, that's not a good idea. Maybe you don't want to do that. For example, maybe don't open your show on Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> don't do that. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's just stupid. But he was going to do it the way he wanted to do it. And he did. And so by the end of the second season, they were in the red. And people weren't coming, and you could see where they were throwing it together. Yeah. So he had to get out of there, and suddenly there's this space that is perfect. And Shotgun was at a point where Shotgun was just trying to find a place to rent. That's really what they were trying to do. And they had raised a bunch of money to make it. They made a deal with the city of Berkeley, raised a bunch of money. And then it turned out the space that they were going into, the deal sort of soured. And, and I mean, specifically what happened is this developer got to build a big old building. It was mm-hmm. supposed to have an art space in it. The folks that were going to be there, that they kind of disappeared. They fell away. Mm-hmm. And so this is left open, but he's got to do it because that's the deal he made with the city. And Shotgun said, hey, we're interested. And he said, if y'all raise a bunch more money than what you already have, we can make a deal with you. And they did. They raised the money, and then they said, "Okay, so so when are you going to build out this space?" And he's like, "Oh no, 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 no! This this concrete hole that <laughs> that's you your have space. This, this basement, basically, this concrete basement <laughs> in the bottom of this building with nothing, no water, no electricity, nothing, yes. no walls, nothing. It was just concrete. It was basically like if you went into underground parking space and said, <laughs> this is your theater.'" And they went, oh, hell. But they had raised so much money and had so much community support that they were able to pivot and make some other deals and get that space they got. You can't make that story up. It's so crazy. So, no, I can't tell somebody how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there are many ways of doing it. Right. I, I had asked you because you're very good at fundraising and like writing grants. Mm. You know, you're always telling me, oh, I got this grant from, you know, this place and that place. Well, and because... Well, one, I, I do know enough about how to sell it. But mm-hmm. two, more importantly, I'm telling the truth. Mm-hmm. There is not enough professional black theater here. Mm. And by saying professional, I'm suddenly elevating myself from black rep in places like that. Mm-hmm. This is not just somebody wants to do it. This is not somebody thinks it's important and they're going to throw it together in their living room. This is me saying on the level of professional theater, as I'm aware of it, and as a working professional, I'm very aware of it. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I can make that happen. Right. And so, I mean, at one point right now, the sort of pinnacle um, for us was when we got to do a show at the Magic Theater. We were on their stage and uh, they basically gave us two weekends. Mm-hmm. Those two weekends straddled the 4th of July. So again, bad programming. We didn't get much audience at all, but mm-hmm. I was also able to do it for... Just them giving us the space. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I was lucky to have technicians who were willing to get up in their fly system and mm-hmm. give me the lights I want. And a guy built this incredible set. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Uh, so I know how to put those pieces together. So when I write the grant, my number one thing is to say, 
y'all should be ashamed of yourself because there's not enough theater. Now, nobody's yeah. going to give you money if you say that, so yeah. I flip it. And say, but shame works. Shame works. But you can shame them without saying it. Yeah. There's an amazing, I see an amazing opportunity for the Bay Area, which doesn't have enough black theater, by the mm-hmm. way, which actually is your fault, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but if right. you give me some money, yes. I'm going to bring you some professional black theater here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the real thing. And I think that's one of the reasons why you, you're doing speculation theater because yeah. you're doing theater that you don't see. You yeah. know, you've been talking about, you know, you doing roles. You may be happy to get the roles, but that's not that doesn't speak to who you are exactly. as a person. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I am with uh, uh, the piano lesson down in Modesto. They Sankofa Theater Company. Basically, it's their 10 year anniversary this year. And they were just a group of four friends mm-hmm. and decided we want to do theater. Right. You know, they, they all have really good jobs, but also the Gallo Center basically sponsors them. Right. So, like, if it's not money, it's resource. You know, they just have to be we have to be ready come time when we go to tech and we will be. But, yeah, there's another company down in San Diego, the diversionary. They're working with some of my friends and they basically have partnered with them, the black and POC folks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just space. Right. It's that's the the major hurdle right there is, first of all, it's a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) So just being able to offer folks space to come into and welcoming the old globe is getting better with that too they've been working with with folks too but it, it did take mm-hmm. shame it did take right you know where are all these co- contracts going for these uh equity actors mm-hmm. i was i i left san diego in a bla- in a in a rage because <laughs> i just i don't also i'm a libra so we don't we don't like uh unfair you know yeah, it has to I be hear fair. You. I hear okay, you. What, what date libra October fourth. Oh, I'm the twelfth. Oh, yeah. My my um my sister's the twelfth too. Mm. Yeah. So I know all about Libras. But the Gal- the Gal- <laughs> Why are you saying it like yeah. that? <laughs> but the Gallo Center for the Arts. I mean, yeah. that is an amazing. Um, that's pretty cool. And also partnershiping yeah. with uh, the Sankofa Theater Company. Right. Now, how did that happen? Uh, apparently, they've had this relationship. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's it's just people saying. You know, it's not lip service. It's saying, okay, how can we help you? Mm-hmm. What do we need? Right. And it's just, it is community. Mm-hmm. It's relationships. Yeah, that's the that's the number one thing. It it marvels my mind how many people just don't understand. A lot of this is just relationship. Yeah, yeah. And you know, especially with like younger artists, like, you have to be <laughs> kind because you don't know who right. knows who, right. and you just you don't you know. Mm-hmm. And I I'm not gonna lie, I have not been. I, there, there's things I'm not uh, I'm trying, proud of. I'm trying, to, uh, I'm trying to keep away from the sweet. Uh, well, I've got them there. <laughs> it's up to you. Nope. Yeah. Nope. But, but no, but no yeah. you're absolutely right. Being kind. I mean, we had Duran Garcia here a while back, and he Where? said, just ask. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, the resources are out there, so no one right. can say, right. well, no one's given me an opportunity right. to yeah. produce or whatever, or the money's not oh, out I there. I think I'll, probably all of us could get in line for that. Nobody's right. given me the opportunity. Right. Yeah. I you're going to stay in that line. Yeah. You know, that's a big thing I'm realizing because I'm directing more. I'm like, what's up with these Lord theaters? Yeah. I want to be in the, I want to be, I want, because it's just, you know, better resource. Right. Mm-hmm. The actors are a little bit more serious. Yeah. yeah. And so... You know, going to Sankofa with the gala, it's like this. I'm manifesting that for myself. Yeah. Y'all not gonna give it to me? Okay, I'm gonna go where it's at. Right. And I, I'm yep. not opposed to driving three hours to Modesto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and then an hour and a half back every single day yep. because that's just the investment that I have to make and I'm willing to make it and that's a, another part of this you have to put in the work it, it, yep. nothing, nothing is entitled to you yeah. I even have to learn that lesson the hard way because I'm like yeah. I know I sang that down they gave it right. to her right. but they did what you gonna do mm-hmm. Yeah, keep going now here's here's an interesting question because I'm looking at so I'm doing Three Girls Theaters doing Tasha mm-hmm. yeah. which is you consider it black theater it's yeah. about uh, Natasha McKenna who was killed by you know um, yeah. cops uh, also um, A Raisin in the Sun is being mm-hmm. done at Sixth Street Playhouse yeah. oh, Terrence, Terrence. Uh, Terrence is doing that um, and there is also I'm trying to think uh, Kimberly Ridley is doing uh, Slow Food at the Altarina mm-hmm. what, so that's three different versions of what one would call black theater mm-hmm. and I think I'm missing a couple and of course there's you know, you, a Peter Callender down at the San Jose stage yeah, um, I don't know the name of the show. I yeah, think that, but, and I'm also thinking uh, about Paradise Blue. I think mm, Paradise Blue mm-hmm. is also uh, mm-hmm. that's being directed by Dominic. Oh yeah, she's and, awesome. And Michael Ashbury. I guess my question to you, Tamika, is. I'm sorry, Tamika. 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 With an N. I'm sorry. Like Norman. Yeah. What do you consider black theater? You know, is is it should it be should it hurt should it be you know impactful? You know, it'd be nice if it you know the. Black theater is not just sorrow, you know, and mm-hmm. pain and strife. You know, I want to see more black romance on stage. Um, I'm playing up all my uh, in piano lesson between the scene with uh, uh, Avery and Bernice. He's the pastor, you know. He mm-hmm. wants to marry her, and I'm just I'm trying to get them to show these nuances, like the love languages and the touching and the embracing. Mm. Um, that's black theater to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, family stories. Um, all of it, you know, yeah, I've, I've definitely done, during the pandemic, I was doing a lot of Zoom theater, and a lot of people talk smack about Zoom theater, but honestly, it was the best segue into directing. It was the best segue. Um, so, yeah, I, black theater to me, I would love if we have a black director, for, if it's a black show. Um, many folks, it, we don't all have to be black on the creative team, but if we're if we're telling a black story, if it's a black lead or a well, Anybody black in the show is a black show, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, and it, and it's a range of emotions and, and, and situations. And, you know, that's just such a vague, it's a vague term, but black theater to me is just anything. I love things that may show our, our struggle, but also empower and uplift us. Yeah. The woman King not being nominated or Violet Davis, yeah. that, that to me tells me everything I need to know. I'm so desensitized to them not wanting to promote us yeah. or, or show us in our, you know, in our strength. Sure, sure. So, I'm, I'm yeah. almost as mad at, at her getting it for, um, for Fences. Fences, that's right. As a, right. As, because, because that role is so, I mean, it's... Right. She just it, became an EGOT. My roommate just texted yeah. me. Yeah. Well, I was like, go, go. Violet. Yeah. But yeah, she's, you know, the role... Is mm-hmm. it's demanding, mm-hmm. but it's so even August Wilson before he died admitted it is so underwritten mm-hmm. um, that what happens for that actress is you send around in the back. He describes you. It's in the script. You're in the background while all this yeah. talking is going on. Yeah, she's basically in the kitchen for most of for the, most of the, of the play. thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, y'all gave her an award for that. What about? Oh, they love making. Well, I get. I, I'm very sensitive about Viola because you know, being a tall, darker, Dark, hued, yeah. brown, black woman, yeah. they it's like they just want. They see you as the mammy, the mule, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the laborer. Uh, 
the background. They act like they're doing you a favor if yeah. they're like a friend. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like... I mean, I, and I'm still... I mean, like Halle Berry getting it for Munster's Ball. Lord. I mean, I mean... I hardly remember that, and you know she doesn't make an impact on me or the community right, or even yeah. theater or yeah. even acting. So, and it's like, well, you know, here let's give a let's give a little something for the black community, or let's give right. them for presenting the black experience our well, way. I, I'm glad they're mm-hmm. giving us what they give everybody else because I, I don't know how many I don't even watch that stuff anymore right. because I don't know how many times I'm like, oh, this movie I thought it was the best movie. <laughs> right. This director, it's his turn. You know, even people who like uh, Clint Eastwood, who politically uh, can't stand, mm-hmm. but he's directed some wonderful pieces. Well, sure, and Bird get nominated. and uh, yeah, oh, and all the way back to um, Play Misty for me. It you know he's mm-hmm. he's done stuff that's been evocative. It's been moody. It's been it's great film, mm-hmm. cinematic storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But Hollywood always says you got to wait your turn unless uh-huh. this is the year where we're going to say, oh, you bright somebody out and. Nowhere from their perspective. Yeah. Right. We're going to give it to you. And then the rest of them all just sort of sit around, talented as hell. Right. Just getting, you know, how many times has Don Cheadle just been ignored? You know, like, okay. Yeah. Well, Hotel, Hotel Rwanda. Did he win one for Hotel Rwanda? He was nominated. He did not win. Now that's sick. But how many yeah. films has Don Cheadle stolen? Yeah. <laughs> you watch it, you're like, Damn, I mean, you're not the point of the story at all. You, mm-hmm. your character is not that important. Yet but Will I can't Smith, stop yet Will Smith you. can win for playing the father of yeah. the greatest tennis player yeah. of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, gotta slap somebody. <laughs> let's let's honor Serena Williams by honoring the father. Anyway, but, no, but and, and I'm saying I'm not mad at all those people. I don't want to put yeah. it out there that we're saying there's anything wrong with any of that. What we're saying is on top of that talent. Yeah, the stuff that we've got that y'all yes. pointedly just sort of skip around yeah. because it's excellent. Yeah, they I I've, I've felt so ignored in the Bay. Like mm. y'all don't, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, they're gonna ignore you because they have to compete with that. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm not, and that's not me trying to be like big headed. It's just like I know I work my ass off. And well, they don't yeah. know how to pigeonhole you. Yeah, and if they don't know how to pigeonhole you, then they don't know how to deal right. with you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, a lot of the theater stuff, I'm just like, I don't care about the rules. I don't care about what. Like, I'm just making this shit up as I go. Yeah. You know. And, and you did answer my question. You know, what is a Tanika? Because when I ask you what is black theater, what I, what I really meant to say is, what is your version? Or you know, if you had to mm-hmm. put a mm-hmm. Tanika Baptiste production, mm-hmm. something that was produced, directed by mm-hmm. you, what would that be? And I think you've answered that. Yeah. Romance. Romance, Love, but like yeah. just. A, just like us being smart and mm-hmm. strong, mm-hmm. capable, you know, things that we all know what we are, but are just not promoted as, as much. Sure. You know, I want to see a black person whoop somebody's ass on stage. Like I loved, uh, uh, what was it? Was it Huey, P, uh, Huey P. Newton, that, that movie that came out, Black Messiah? Yeah. Or they were like, no, that was, or um, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, they canceled Lovecraft Country after one season. Right. That was the best. Oh, yeah, said. yeah. That yeah. was, very, very good. that was incredible. And they were smacking the shit out of people. You hit me, I'm going to hit you. Like, yeah, I'm not docile. I'm, I'm human and alive just like you are. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Black Messiah, I got to say, I got to give him credit. Because um, as soon as it came out, my wife and I said, oh, we got to see this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said, I really, really, really want to see this. And you couldn't touch it. You know, first it, it was, was in the theater and it was gone. And then it was like 20 bucks to see it mm-hmm. online, some streaming service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even the last time we checked, it's still like five bucks or something. <laughs> and I was like, wow. 
y'all wouldn't keep doing this mm-hmm. if you weren't making the money. So I'm not mad at you. Mm-hmm. I, I wish more people had seen it. I yeah. wish it had been more available. Yeah. But if that's the only way you're going to get paid, yeah, please get paid. Right. You know, I guess Eddie Murphy. Not, yeah, Eddie Murphy's going to be in something coming up. Mm-hmm. And after Dolomite, I'm like, okay, what is Eddie doing? I'm curious. But before Dolomite, I was like, please let it not be another Disney. <laughs> Wait, thing, did you please. see you people? Is that what no, you're no, that's what you know. It's it's it? getting. I actually enjoyed it. Okay, I did. And I people are like, oh, this ain't, this is not realistic. This white man be with her. Lauren London, this beautiful ass black girl. And, <laughs> yeah. But it's like you know, you know, pain changes you. You don't know, you right. know, and you just grow up. You mature. You don't know who could be with who. Like right, right. I, I, it's just interesting. Yeah. I, I, it's fresh. No, I'm not mad at that at yeah. all. I'm just I'm happy to see somebody who is so talented who said, oh, I'll just play the Hollywood game and get paid mm-hmm. and can't be mad at somebody getting paid. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to go out and see it if yeah. it's going to be <laughs> you kind of sitting on screen going, yeah. they told me to do this, so right. I'm going to do it. Right. I'm going to give you a yeah. little bit of me, but yeah. mostly I'm just doing what they told me. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I thought of Richard Pryor because he did both. You know, mm-hmm. he did his own thing. He yep. tried to play, you know, the, yeah. hey, this is what white folks want to see. Here it is. Right. And then he said, no, screw that. I'm going to do my thing. And then he right. elevated, became so big. Yeah. Right. Yep. Then he sort of went, hey, I'm doing the Hollywood thing. They put me in Superman 3. Right, right, <laughs> I'm right. I'm doing Harlem Nights or, you know, whatever it is. Okay, fine. Let me just get paid. So yeah. it's yeah. one of those things, you know, you. Yeah. Well, and again, everybody else has that opportunity. So mm-hmm. I'm happy that yeah. our people have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But but there's so much room for what would be really innovative, for what would be really interesting, for what would be right. for that audience who walks in not really knowing what they're going to get. To have them walking out the door, talking about it, exactly. and telling people about it. And more importantly, seeing, if it is going to be a black thing, seeing black people in a completely different way. Right. I mean, that's why I love the Spike Lee movies of the mm-hmm. early 90s, yes. late 80s. Mm-hmm. Because they were like, wow, these are intelligent black folks talking about, you know, in <laughs> colleges. <laughs> talking about, you know, racial relations right. and how do we deal with this. And right. do the right thing. Yes. Unpacking the Yusuf Hawkins mm-hmm. thing. You know, I have mm-hmm. to tell millennials, who's Yusuf Hawkins? And I have to explain, mm-hmm. you know, that. Some black kid who was mistaken for another black kid who was in a relationship with an Italian woman and her Italian brothers didn't mm-hmm. like it and beat him and right. killed him. Right. In any case, Spike Lee talked about that and didn't and yeah, and didn't mind, you know, hitting that third rail and saying, Hey, listen, you don't like it? it? Boom, here it is. And Hollywood allowed him to do that. So mm-hmm. I, I miss those. That's moments. what I you know, I want to say this too. You know, people try to play the game and sometimes I do find that the people that are just like, Screw it, I'm just gonna be me. Yeah. You actually do better. Yes. There yep. there is you can't It's more authentic. Yeah. And it's like just just be yourself. Just just produce the things that you actually wanna do. Don't play the game. Like you like get out. <laughs> like yeah. get out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose uh, if you're allowed to play the game, I mean, yeah. I mean, when it comes to movies and you know, you yeah. know, the production company yeah. say yes, we will stream it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would be easier in theater. I mean, you know, if you you right. <clears throat> if you rent out a space and you know you show them, I mean, I'm amazed that when we did Four Men in Paris, that mm-hmm. the DMT was like, hey, okay, well, let me look at the script. You know, do you guys know there's a but James Baldwin's going to be in bed with another man? Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And they let us do it. So mm-hmm. theaters will let you be provocative. So, right. You know. Right. No, I know. I wish in that situation we had been able to talk to them about, hey, did you see, mostly, did you see how many people we brought in? Yeah. Right. 
So, and this doesn't look like your normal audience, so maybe we should be having a conversation about yeah. what else could happen. I do wish that Ball had written further, not just with that production, but just, hey, there could be other productions like this. I, I wish that, you know, Plathos, that they made a relationship with Plathos and said, wow, y'all are bringing in stuff that is not what we normally do. Mm-hmm. Very satisfying to an audience. Mm-hmm. And they're, um, they are very faith-based, you know, personally faith-based, mm-hmm. so... They are very sensitive to what images they're putting out there. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And they're moving more towards children's-related stuff, mm-hmm. plethos is. Yeah. Um, where do you see yourself in the future, Tanika? Do you want to stay here? Ooh. Do you want to, I don't know, go to New York or L.A.? Well, you know, San my, Diego. I know. I, <laughs> I, I honestly, I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I, the Bay Area is so, it's so healthy, and it's just got so much theater here. And I'm like, I don't, I always talk about moving to New York, the LA thing, but it's also like, I'm, I feel like I've been planted here and I can mm-hmm. always go to those places. So why can't we turn the Bay into like a new little, like, you know, theater mm-hmm. film, you know, LA, yeah. New York. We, oh, yeah. my friend, uh, Diane McBride, I was, she lives in Vallejo. She wants me to buy a house in Vallejo. And I'm like, okay, girl, I got to get that money first. But, um, she <laughs> drove me around. She took me to Mare Island and yeah. I, Oh my God. No, no, not just that there are neighborhoods around. People, so there's the bad part of Vallejo, yeah. and then there are the incredibly beautiful yes. parts of Vallejo. Apparently, people film there yeah. and all that yeah. stuff, so I'm like, I, I do definitely want to get more um, into film, uh, just because, you there's know. There's also a wonderful little arts community there, mm-hmm. but, you know, the, the, the San Francisco is the bullseye. They yeah. feel like they're way off on the edge, and it's like, well, you are, but just like Sundance... What right. nothing once upon a time. Right, exactly. You what gotta Sundance build. Was, we really believe in the art, so that's what we're gonna do, mm-hmm. and it's a nice place to be. So mm-hmm. people come have a nice little vacay and enjoy this, but bring right. your art. Right. And now it's if your film doesn't get some talking about it, Sundance, mm-hmm. nobody wants to pay attention to it. Yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, I'll probably unless I book Broadway, um I would love to direct on Broadway. For a long time <laughs> okay. it was just perform, but um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I think even with that, I, I, when I go to New York, I, you know, I'm, after a week, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I don't like the subway. Um, I like Harlem and I like uh, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And Brooklyn's cool, but Harlem has the soul food restaurants that I like. So, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll be in California. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's film. I mean, a lot of folks who are doing the YouTube videos, mm-hmm. they have a channel and they'll throw stuff on there. Conrad Panganaman has done begun doing that. He's oh, yeah. just been filming everything. That He's a uh, prolific Philippine writer. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he'll write stuff, put it on stage, have someone film it, mm-hmm. and then throw it online to see, you know, what he can generate. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. that's a uh, good idea. We're definitely going to see some changes. I mean, mm-hmm. things are things are shifting. Like we said with venues. Mm-hmm. For all those venues that are disappearing, it's not like folks are going to stop doing. Right. right. It's going to, you know, it's going to keep going. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We've hit the uh, one hour mark, so I figure we better <laughs> wrap Wow, it up. that was fast. Yeah, yeah, no, we, have, we had a wonderful time. Uh, birthdays. Uh, ooh, don't go anywhere there. Okay. Yeah, I, no, I, I got it. I just... I just you, want me to, you want me to go? Um, so, um, and it's horrible. The first person I'm going to mention is Mika Mika Kavita. Mika Kavita. Yeah. yeah, February the sixth today. Like, no, uh, tomorrow. And, and Micah, Micah, Micah. She, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I used to live with Micah actually. Uh, <laughs> was that right? Yeah. 
but she's but I very have sweet. to be embarrassed and say, "Oh my gosh, this is like one of my newest friends." I'm like, I can't say that we've yeah. done anything. incredibly yeah. talented. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she was telling us about Dirty Butterfly when she did it. Uh, when, um, what was it? The um, uh, uh, Robert Anton's Anton's thing, Anton's uh, Well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Emily Kayishian. I always mess up her name. Um, one of my first... So I'm at that age now where I'm playing the parent of adult characters, which <laughs> is weird to me, but but I'm getting used to it. And she was like my first daughter. She was my Ophelia. I was um, Polonius. Um, Brian Quakenbush, I always think of him because I, I've done a lot of Shakespeare to the point where I actually avoid going to Shakespeare shows unless I know there's something particularly intriguing or somebody I want to see in a role. I ended up seeing Round Belly was the company, um, and they did Twelfth Night, and I just fell in love with that man immediately. <laughs> and now he's moved, and I'm not sure if they're in New York or in Canada. They were somewhere near the border. Um, Tessa Koning Martinez, her birthday's coming up this week. Um, in fact, I think it might be Wednesday, hmm. um, and she's. Um, Tessa is, I blame Tessa because I moved to the Bay Area saying, I'm not saying I quit theater, I just don't know if I'm ever going to do it again. And Tessa was roommates with a friend of mine and mentioned that a playwright friend of hers, Tessa's, was looking for a black actor. My friend said, oh, I think Norman, I think Norman's an actor. And they got my number and so I made it like eight months without doing theater and then I I haven't stopped. (laughs) Right. So it's Tessa's fault. Uh, Stephanie Taylor, amazing comic. Doctor Stephanie. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought. Uh, I'm, I'm oh no, Stephanie you're Johnson. thinking of Stephanie. <laughs> oh, yeah, Stephanie Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Darren Wilkerson is a. Um, I know him as a director. I don't know what he's been doing, but we went to college together, San mm. Francisco State University. Mm. Argo Thompson runs a beautiful little company called the Left Edge Theater up in. I think it's Rohnert Park. It's up near, just below uh, Santa Rosa. Um, oh. Dear to Renee Dragonoff is a dear friend of mine who has moved to Georgia to be closer to family. Uh, She and her husband. And um, it's funny, we didn't meet through theater. We met at the alley. Mm. We were regulars Mm -hmm. at this piano bar that I love. And got to talking at one point. She said, I just came from my first night of rehearsal. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were an actor. What what are you (laughs) rehearsing? And she started to describe it. And I said, wait a minute, you're talking about the America play. She said, yeah. I said, oh, oh, well... That's with thick description. She said, yeah. I said, well, say hi to Tony. Oh, wait, and who's in it? Is so-and-so in it? Oh, say hi to them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, like, I knew the whole cast. Mm. I knew everybody. Mm -hmm. So she goes to her next rehearsal, and she says, Norman G said hi. And she said, rehearsal just stopped for, like, 10 minutes. Of course, because everybody (laughs) knows Norman G. (laughs) So Deirdre Renee and I have have been friends for a long time now. God, it's been a long time. And then the last one I have is Tim... Kniffin, who again is another one where I'm not sure that we ever did anything together, but we've been kind of circling. We've been in the mm-hmm. same orbit, you know, the same solar system for long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the last time I saw him on stage, he was in what's it called, uh, Trouble in Mind. Mm. Uh, yeah, gorgeous play. Yeah, um, and he played the director, who is a bit of an asshole, mm-hmm. and uh, and he came out afterwards kind of sheepish. And I was like, dude, that was a great performance. I, yeah. you know, I know you're a nice guy. <laughs> That's a tough play. (laughs) It is. Those plays within the plays, sometimes I don't like them. Margot Hall was in it. Mm, Yes, And was playing. Yeah, and that last scene where she's trying to say, am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? It just just breaks your heart. Mm -hmm. And I love that a play that, when that play came out, 
I don't think America. I think America's still not ready for that story. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it was only reflecting something that had actually been happening. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to say, y'all ain't ready for this. That's what the play says, basically. <laughs> y'all ain't ready for this. And I think it's still hard for audiences. They sit there going, well, but why did they do this? Why didn't somebody do this? Why didn't right. somebody step up? And it's like, yeah, why, why don't somebody keep cops from killing people? Right. Right. Anyway, those are my birthday kids for the week. (laughs) I think you saved a couple for me. Um, Bridget Dutta Portman, her birthday was on the 3rd. Uh, She is a wonderful uh, playwright, and um, she's written a book. She's uh, getting into uh, book writing. As a matter of fact, she has a book called... The Word of Muse. It is her third and final book in her Cosima Saga trilogy. She and another person, Jeannie uh, Baroga, they've gotten into playwrights who are now getting into being a novelist, and I find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could ever do it because I, you know, it just seems a lot of work. But in any case, uh, she's uh, she's doing it over Jeannie's shoulder. Yes, it was a <laughs> lot of work. Um, so you mentioned um, Micah Kavita, mm-hmm. also Nicole Thank Prescott. <laughs> uh, she is someone who graduated. Our show is known for messing up people's names. Yeah, me me usually. But in any case, uh, Nicole Prescott. She graduated with me at Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Oh. Beautiful dancer and actress. She's in L.A. now doing all sorts of cool things. So uh, happy birthday to you, Nicole. Also on the eighth, Raymond Ray, uh, a transgendered yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. writer, uh, he directed *The Marriage of Benton Boo*. He was in *Water Buffalo*. He, when we did an interview with him, he was wonderful in talking about what it is yeah. to be trans and his transition. Yeah. And his uh, wonderful, he wrote an autobiography um, play, *The Sweet New*, which talked about his transition. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful just him being very, very transparent and open to us. So we appreciate that. Also, um, we've had Linda Amaya Hassan, her husband, Dove Hassan. Mm-hmm. Uh, his birthday is on the 9th. He is also, I believe he also teaches at, um, oh, what is this? Um, Chabot? No. The Chapeau College. Yeah, Chabot thank you. College. Okay. Uh, so they are husband and wife uh, theater right. uh, team. Awesome. So happy birthday to him. Also on the 10th, I'm afraid I didn't, I thought you would mention her, Helena Alvarez. Ah, I should, yes. <laughs> Who was, of course, uh, she was in our play Foreman in Paris. She played uh, Julia um, Wright, the daughter of Richard Wright, and also our wonderful uh, Fatima. She started a family, and I'm di- I'm really, really hoping she gets back on theater again, because she's an amazing talent. Um, also on the 10th, this is my last one, Christine McComer. She is a wonderful uh, actress and singer, and I acted with her. We did um, Grey Gardens mm-hmm. uh, at the oh. Douglas Morrison Theater. Yes. Uh, wonderful older actress. Which I hear is coming back. Grey Gardens? No. The oh, the DMT. Yes. I got to hear more about it. I haven't heard any productions that are coming out of it, but that's I, a good no, thing. No, they, they were looking... Were, were you mentioned it? Somebody yeah, mentioned you, it. I think you, you told me about it when we talked. Um, no, but that they were looking to hire somebody um, in that Ooh. weird. It's when you were mentioning positions earlier. I was yeah. like, that's one of those where it looks like a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. It looks like a great position, but you got to find out who you're working under. Right. Getting on the same page with them, it may not be simple. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I uh, just, <clears throat> you know, you say hi and you say, yes, I want the job. And you look at the money <laughs> and then you're like, oh, man, who am I working with? You know, that can. <laughs> well, but, and we've seen two artistic directors come through, even though the second one didn't have that title. Mm-hmm. Um, Curator. They like to they do were, that. Right, they were trying to, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, set up a season and move the company in a direction. And the folks above them were kind of uncomfortable. 
and not willing to step up and just say, hey. Yeah. yeah. At the very least, you can say, hey, listen, before you hire me, this is what I want to do. These mm-hmm. are the pieces I want to bring. This is the impact I want to have. Right. Are you ready for it? Right. right. I'll give you the permission to We're say no. Ready. You, are you ready to support me? Right. Are you ready to step up and do yeah. this with me? Yep. There you go. Shows. Ah. <laughs> I hope you got one because I have to switch pages. Uh, yes. Oh, so. I will say the one is, mm-hmm. um, and it opened this weekend, um, and it's uh, Satchmo at the Waldorf at San Jose Stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Callender is l- the lead, and the director is um, Ted Lange. Ted uh-huh. Yes. The Ted Lange, who was yes. in the Mary Tyler Moore show? He's a Bay Area guy. Okay. I um, I got to work with a little company, uh-huh. and they had an old black and white picture on the wall of a Shakespeare play that he did. And yeah. I was like, that's... that's, that's um, Ted Lange. Yeah, the, bar, the bartender. <laughs> yeah. I'm think I'm hoping I'm thinking of the same Ted Lange. It's him. Yeah, Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, no, the, he was on uh, Love Boat. He was the bartender on the Love Boat. The young guy. Uh, okay, I think I now I think I know who you're talking about. Okay, wow. Yeah, but he that was a cool. young guy. <laughs> young guy. Well, right, right, exactly. No, that's that's cool. Okay, while you're looking, uh, yeah. so uh, Three Girls Theater is doing Tasha. I'm stage managing for it, and uh, Janae Simon, a fantastic actress, she is mm-hmm. play, playing Tasha McKenna and a bunch of other roles. That'll be February the 24th through March the 18th. We have a link for that. Uh, getting there, uh, the National Conservatory Theater Center is doing that. Uh, January the 20th, it opened January the 20th, it closes February the 26th. Lauren Garcia is in that. Cutting Ball Theater is doing Gaslit. Uh, only three nights, February the 16th, 17th, and 18th. Sean Owens is the co-creator. Um, Gateway Theater is doing Songs for a New World. It is a benefit for Swing Left which is an organization that builds a lasting cultural culture of grassroots participating in winning elections for the left by making it as easy as possible for anyone to have maximum impact on the elections that determine the balance of power in our country. Oh, my God, that was a mouthful. <laughs> but basically, Swing Left, it helps recruit. Um, it does voter registrations for the Democrats Wonderful. and to so you can get elect Democrat representatives on the local, state, and national level. So this is a benefit concert for them. Jessica Coker Moore is in that show. So I have a link for that. Uh, let me know when you're ready. You can cut in any time. Um, Oakland Public, <laughs> Oakland Public, that's me. Oakland Theater, Theater Project, Project. Um, is doing. Do you have that one? Because I, I may I've got have Exodus that. Exodus of Eden. Eden. Yes, Exodus Eden, February okay. the third through well, the twenty sixth. Adrian Dean, Linda Amile Hassan, and Dorian Lockett is in that show. Uh, I lost my page. <laughs> why you okay? Why are you searching? Chanticleers is doing Little Shop of Horrors. It opens February the tenth through March the fifth. Curtis Manning and Max Chang are oh. doing that. I think they're doing puppeteering. Um, oh. Six Street Playhouse That's is doing funny. A Raisin in the Sun. We've talked about that. March mm-hmm. the 2nd through the 19th. Terrence Smith is playing Walter Lee Younger. Of yes. course, who else could be, Who else could play that? So I have the link for that. Pear Theater is doing Frankenstein Unbound. That opened, it uh, looks like it opened this weekend or mm-hmm. this past Friday, the 3rd. It closes on the 26th. Bridget Dutta Portman, uh, the birthday girl, is the co-writer of that show. Wow. Oakland Theater Project, we've talked about Exits to Eden. Um, apologies to, oh no, that no, not that's, that's coming up. Apologies to Lorraine Hansberry, you to August Wilson. Theater Rhinoceros is doing that. That's one day only, oh. February the 7th. Ooh. Kimberly Ridgway was telling us about that, and yeah, she yeah, is yeah. in that. She'll be directing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can cut in anytime. <laughs> No, I, I yeah, you still um, searching? Uh, the alt, the alt. No, I've got stuff that I like. People just announcing their seasons. I, 
Mm-hmm. So we finally, we have a Yay page, a Facebook page for the Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, all these theater companies have started to pop into it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, People well, are using it. Well, it is, except that now I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of, <laughs> I, I have to mark the ones that I'm like, oh, this is one that I can actually share. Because to tell me you have a season coming up, like Ray of Light yeah. says it has a season coming up. And I'm like, uh, that's nice. When? What? I've been trying to get Shane Ray to come on. And uh, he, well, he's he's busy vacationing and he's uh, having fun with his husband and uh, and their child and they're they're just having a wonderful time. But I've been trying to get him on. Um, The Altarine is doing slow food on January. It opened January the twentieth. It closes February the nineteenth. Kimberly Ridgeway is in that show. Theodore Rhino is doing the Guide for the Homeless. I'm, I'm sorry, the Guide for the Homesick. Okay. February the twenty third through March the nineteenth. Alan Kismorio is directing that. Mm. Um. Bravo for Women in the Arts Theater is uh, doing Brains Like Berkeley. Kayende Coyejo is directing that show. That'll be one day only, February the 18th. And we have a link for that. Uh, we've talked about the piano lesson. <laughs> uh, Central Works show isn't coming up until March, so I'm going to skip over that. Okay. Well, March. I mean, I'm getting into March already. Uh, okay. The... Uh, Black Eyes Theater Company um, is doing a... What is it? Taste of Broadway Live uh, band of vocals for their Broadway Live goes to the movies, and that's done as of today. So, oh, okay, that, that's not a good one. Yeah. Oh, and Playground has Solo Fest, which mm. is running mm-hmm. um, at least three more shows. Yeah, they, there's Playground one. SF. Yeah, um, yeah, basic one one people shows. Oh. There's a woman Tina Delia who's yes. doing something. Oh, you know her. Yes, um, we've never met in person, but we've emailed and Zoomed and all the things. Yeah, she was <laughs> going to be a guest and she had to cancel, but she has a wonderful one-woman show. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of... Um, Overlook Latinas. There you go, yeah. Overlook Latina. Thank you so much. Yeah, so that'll be a part of uh, Playground uh, San Francisco. Uh, the San... Sankofa? Sankofa? Sankofa. Sankofa Theater Company. Yes. The Piano Lesson. And of course, Tanika Baptiste is directing that March the 3rd through the, through 5th. the 5th. So okay. check that out. We have a link for that. SF Shakes is doing A Midsummer Night's Dream. That'll be March the 1st through the 6th in various locations. See website for details. Alan Coyne, who's in everything, is in that show. <laughs> <laughs> is there a week that we don't say Alan Coyne? Exactly, exactly. Palo Alto Players is doing the play that goes wrong. The last show is today. I have it written tomorrow because I thought we were going to do the podcast (laughs) yesterday. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) uh, Damaris DeVito is in that show. It closes today, so it's probably too late for that, but I wanted to uh, advertise that. Well, I'll throw some in. Mm -hmm. Did did we get to interview uh, Champagne, Champagne Hughes? Oh, yeah. No, not yet. She's got a solo show up. um, No More Adjustments, it's called. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey Greer, who I don't think we've interviewed, uh, Resurrection, he mm-hmm. runs the uh, Recovery Theater, SF Recovery Theater. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to... Yeah. There are 10 performers, so I'm not <laughs> trying not to go through the whole list. Sure. Um, While you're paused, uh, Paradise yeah. Blue, we'll uh, advertise that. Tina uh, Delia. Tidadelia, yes, we yeah. just talked about her, yeah. Okay. Uh, Paradise Blue, uh, that's being done at the Aurora Theatre Company, directed by Dominic Williams, starring Michael Ashbery. No, uh, Ashbery, no H. Asbury, Asbury. Starts January the 27th, but it streams February the 21st through the 26th. Oh. We'll have a link for that. Um, are we mentioning this company? What's that? Yeah, go for it. Uh, you the like ma- them. The- <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I like the they, person who was in it. <laughs> right. No, they're, they're, they are a Bay Area theater company. Yes. They deserve mm. And then there were none. The Maskers is doing that. Uh, that'll end February the 19th. Alicia Von Kugelgen is in that show. So we have a link for that. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to decide if we actually have a blacklist. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. There are the, a couple the kind of, of blacklist that I want, that company would never make it on. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um, there are a couple of podcasts that we want to push, not just the A. Uh, Barry Graves is doing a podcast called The Black Man's Heart. We've been pushing that, and we want to support him and uh, his podcast. Mallory Samara, her, de- our, her our consulting producer, she had, her day job is KCBS Radio, and she is producing two shows. As prescribed, it is a weekly conversation with leading medical experts mm-hmm. at UCSF Medical Center. And the other podcast is It's Generational, where they talk about talk to different generations on several subjects. Yeah, so they that's pick an cool. issue and then they talk to people of different generations yeah. about it. What does Generation Z cool. think about work or millennials yeah. or yeah. Generation X or disciplining your kids? You know, all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Central Works has a podcast called the Central Works Script Club. It's a podcast where you can download and read a play script and then listen to an audio interview with the playwright delivered semi-annually. And uh, Bindlestip has the Fobcast, exploring Philippine-American immigrant stories. So check out the Fobcast. And as always, we're going to push uh, our yay jerseys. We have black, we have white. Uh, so hit me up. Oh, yeah, Norman has a, uh, a yay uh, oh, wow. little icon on his, <laughs> oh, <my laughs> on his jacket. It's not a little, it's big. <laughs> hey, uh, it always supports us. You can... Um, uh, I am PM me uh, Reg Clay and it's only $30 and you'll be supporting the show yeah. that is it tonight oh, wait. oh yes um, I, and I forgot to say so this will be uh, the first time we're doing this we're um, calling it the um, it's Baldwin so we're doing Baldwin Centennial that's Project that's right the Salt Centennial Project and um, we're going to do our first field trip the Roxy Theater is showing three short films about Baldwin living overseas. Wow. And that's, um, it's actually happened today, Sunday. There's a Monday show, Wednesday show, Friday show. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to the Wednesday show and I'm going to put out to our crew and see if anybody wants to go Monday. I'll, I'll yeah. go Monday too. I think I can go Wednesday because I don't have rehearsal. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. 6.30? Yeah. 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 That'll be, that'll be the awesome. Roxy, it's nice. And then it's right now it's me and Jake are going to go and uh-huh. we're, um, we'll spend some time afterwards kind of, mm-hmm. you know unpacking because mm-hmm. I'm know, so glad the Roxy's doing it into, I'm glad I want to reach out to the other like I'm sure Pacific Film Archives is going to be doing something I want to reach out to other folks and just say you know <laughs> we're doing what we're doing but we also want to raise up anybody who's doing it because we got a right. whole year mm-hmm. so yeah. let's enjoy this man for a year as we head towards his centennial yeah mm. Tanika, did you enjoy yourself? I did. This was awesome. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you for coming on. And uh, I know you've been busy. You know, you're because you're also doing a show, aren't you? Aren't yeah. you on stage? Um, I'm. What am I doing? I just booked a role Friday. I can't say what it is. Okay. I'll tell y'all when we get we'll, off. Yeah, we won't jinx it. I'll be doing ensemble role at Forty uh, Second Street Moon. I don't care. I'm, I'm really yeah. going to say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Forty Second Street, I didn't realize they have the space that it was used to be the. Um, the Eureka? the Eureka Theater. I didn't realize I that. Thought they, I thought that is still the Eureka Theater. It may be, I but I mean, I see their icons, so yeah, it's no, like they're, they're taking yeah, over. They're, yeah, they use that as their performance space. Yes. I I, I, gateway? I mean, Gate- yeah, the Gateway Theater. Okay. Yeah, the Gate- yeah. Is it called the Gateway Theater? It's it not was the originally the Gateway Theater. I yeah. think they kept the name the Gateway mm-hmm. Theater because it's oh. in the Gateway Building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the old Eureka, if it's still called the Eureka. 
half of my theater life. I mean, a lot of these posters were done wow. at the Eureka. Right. No, I know. <laughs> I think it was the Eastenders home for a while. It used to be a film. It used to be a, a yeah. um, movie theater. Film yeah, theater yeah. And they were the ones who transformed it into a performing space. Well, mm-hmm. um, so I would assume that they still got it. I'd be curious to, to know. I remember doing Debbie Does Dallas the musical. Right. No, I know. <laughs> I, I, at the Eureka. Saw, I think I saw at least one. Um, yeah. Oh, did, um, what was the, what was it, uh, Twyla's Boy? Was that what it was? Oh, Chuck's Thing? Chuck's, Chuck's Thing. Was yeah, that yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it was there. I yeah, that was I before my time. Thing. Yeah. Oh, was it? We yeah, because it was, it was like 96. No, that uh, was all before my time. Oh, uh, okay. But in any case, yeah, so you worked at 42nd Street Moon. Um, yeah. yeah, this will be my first time working there, so mm-hmm. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Um, But I did want to mention your, one show that I yeah, have please. not mentioned, because yeah. it will be in uh, Lafayette with Town mm-hmm. Hall Theater. I'm directing Crumbs for the Table of Joy. Nice. And Ooh. so I love Lynn Nottage. Where, where are you doing? Town that? Hall. Oh, yeah, nice. it'll be in June. That's a gorgeous yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah, I love oh, that play. You should... You should audition for this man. Oh, you should. Okay. No, actually, but, it's it's all cats except uh, the father role. The, so that's I, what I'm saying. The father, so I actually do need a father. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you later about it. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, now when I think of town, is it musical? I mean, I love. No, no, it's not a musical. No, it's, not a musical. It's, it's a bizarre. So I'll sing you the script. When okay. I first started at Nueva yeah. School, um, Ashland had done the world premiere mm. of it, and I, so I got to do it because our kids would go see the shows. I got. You know, they would, they, we were able to coordinate with them, got the script, mm-hmm. got to play with it, but I had to do it with these 13 year olds mm. and probably <laughs> oh, no, no black kids. Oh, oh it was, it was, it was an interesting challenge. But, um, oh, I did some fun things um, because there's the whole, um, they're, they go on a road trip at one point mm. and they're so worried about what, driving in the South. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to make the whole rest of the class, all these white people, and we just use paper plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Held up paper yeah. plate mask. And just Interesting. Very, it was very intimidating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the play, is, the, play yeah. the, the language yeah. is gorgeous. The play is yeah. it's wonderfully yeah. complex. It keeps moving. It, yes. But at least those kids will understand what it feels like. You know yeah. what? Well, that's what I wanted. I yeah. wanted them to get that sense of intimidation. Sure, yeah. sure. Wow. Pretty cool, but yes, no, it's great having you on, thank and you. Uh, it's, I'm glad that you adjusted your schedule to you know to accommodate us. And well, thank you guys for being flexible. And, yeah, uh, well, of course, of course. One yeah, day that's what not we on do. the road. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyone who's listening to the Yay, uh, you're listening to it on the podcast that you're listening to now. It may be the Apple Podcast app. We're also on Spotify. We're on Overcast. We're on SoundCloud. If you're an Android user. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Let us know. Our Twitter feed is The A3. We have a Facebook page. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier? Tanika, is there a place where people can... Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Tanika Batiste. Okay. There you go. No space. No, no space. There yeah. you go. Awesome. Well, that is it. It is a wonderful Sunday afternoon, and uh, I'll let so everybody go. It's not raining anymore. Yay, the sun. <laughs> go. Right, exactly. That's all people walking their dogs running. <laughs> right. <laughs> all righty. And as Norman and I always say, we've we got to find, find a better, better sign off. off, and we are out. Out.